When I wake up, the other side of the bed is cold. My fingers stretch out, seeking Prim's warmth, but finding only the rough canvas cover of the mattress. She must have had bad dreams and climbed in with our mother. Of course she did. This is the day of the reaping. I prop myself up on one elbow. There's enough light in the bedroom to see them. My little sister, Prim, curled up in her side, cocooned in my mother's body, their cheeks pressed together. In sleep, my mother looks younger, still worn, but not so beaten down. Prim's face is as fresh as a raindrop, as lovely as the primrose for which she was named. My mother was very beautiful once, too. Or so they tell me. Sitting at Prim's knees, guarding her as the world's ugliest cat. Mashed in nose, half of one ear missing. Eyes the color of rotting squash. Prim named him Buttercup, insisting that his muddy yellow coat matched the bright flower. He hates me, or at least distrusts me. Even though it was years ago, I think he still remembers how I tried to drown him in a bucket when Prim brought him home. Scrawny kitten, belly swollen with worms, crawling with fleas. The last thing I needed was another mouth to feed. But Prim begged so hard, cried even, I had to let him stay. It turned out okay. My mother got rid of the vermin, and he's a born mouser. Even catches the occasional rat. Sometimes when I clean a kill, I feed Buttercup the entrails. He has stopped hissing at me. Entrails. No hissing. This is the closest we will ever come to love. That passage is from the world-famous Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins, a 2008 young adult novel, quote-unquote, that became a publishing sensation, spawning two sequels and two hit films with a third in the wings, wooing readers and watchers from every walk of life with its mythic tale of Katniss Everdeen, the girl who was on fire, a poor girl who hunts squirrels to feed her family in a brutal dystopia, a future gone wrong, it seems, or perhaps a parallel universe that overlaps with our own in all the wrong places. She scrapes and survives with a traumatized mother and a fragile sister in one of twelve districts, where traumatized losers in a massive civil war surrender their young to brutal gladiatorial games that demoralize and dehumanize the masses for the viewing and betting pleasure of the decadent ruling class that won the war some 75 years ago. Katniss is a heroine for the ages, volunteering for the games to spare her sister, going from the impoverished but somehow innocent life she knew to a grooming process that mirrors the demands and dynamics of celebrity culture until at last she fights for her life against 23 children who must also kill or die, including Peta, a boy from her district who has loved her for most of his life. This is a dark book with a ferocious heart, moments of poetry, and an adult intensity that has obviously seized the imagination of more than one generation. Though many have had their say about this fierce and fascinating book, we here at Book Circle Online thought we'd take a swim in it and report our findings. I'm Jason Squamata. Please grab what provisions you can from the cornucopia before the killing begins. Join us in the arena as BCO has its way with The Hunger Games. From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Welcome back to the circle, O bookish ones. The perimeter is electrified. There is no escape from this killing zone of ruthless conversation. Once again, my soul inhabits the meat bag of Jason Squamata. I am joined in this wavelength by... Pat Janowski. And... Christy Gray Lovato. So, hey, ladies, I know I'm a little late getting to this party, but damn, The Hunger Games is an amazing piece of work. I saw the film, and it moved me. I was taken aback by its intensity, but despite the book's enormous popularity, I foolishly assumed while watching the film that its power over me was all about Jennifer Lawrence. A safe assumption. Oh, sure. Yeah, she's amazing in it. For you. She is Katniss. But reading the book all by itself with only the ghost of her flickering in my back brain as I read it, uh, I realized this is a serious piece of science fiction with a lot to say about class disparity the mechanics of a culture in its decadent decline, the madness of showbiz, and the horrors of growing up in interesting times. What did you think, Pat? You know, I read the book when it came out back in the day. Oh. My kids were interested in it. Okay. And I just picked it up again this afternoon and got through about half of it. And really 
found myself loving it again. Um, what was really, um, I was attempting to explain it a little bit to a friend, and I realized she lays out, Suzanne Collins lays out the entire predicament in the first, well, it's up to page 20, but it starts mm -hmm. on page 3. So yeah. it's like 17 pages. She is everything that is going to happen. You know the background, the backdrop of it, the war, the class disparity that you were talking about, how the whole thing is set up, right. where the districts, you know, uh, uh, geographically in our United States. Right. Um, totally smart. Really, really well done. Yes. Um, I mean, I have a lot more to say about it. But oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, but that, no, 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 quick read. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Yes, no, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, for me, I am a big fan of classic science fiction, and this called back for me stories like The Lottery or The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. It was really well constructed, and the things that it had to say both about where we are now as a culture and then this alternate universe, which is so different from our own, come together in a way that it was really disquieting. Really disquieting. Yes. Barely. Indeed. Um, and uh, before we get too much further into the book itself, uh, let's talk about Suzanne Collins, who I guess was a TV writer on Nickelodeon. Really? Yes. <laughs> Tell me more about that, Jason. Yes, she was a TV writer on the Nickelodeon channel. <laughs> You, uh, you've adopted your Nickelodeon TV. Yes, voice. and yeah, yes, and like uh, the bucket like, of slime. Yeah, any right? any moment yeah, now. Yeah, the little a voice of slime. on the green, the green spot on the wall guy. Right. Guy. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, totally. In a nutshell, but um, uh, in a nutsack. In a nutsack, as if you will. We'll cut that out. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so she uh, she wrote uh, a show that I was quite attached to for a time. Not in my childhood, perhaps past the point where it was okay for me to be attached to it. But do you remember uh, Clarissa... Clarissa Explains It All. Clarissa, yes. Clarissa Explains It All. My yes. friend Jason Zimbler played her younger brother. Whoa. The yeah. world is this big. Yeah. You folks at home, you can't see the minuscule microscopic distance between the tips of my finger and thumb right now. But it is meaning to signify this gesture, the smallness of the world we live in. Yeah, the red-headed kid. Yes, So, and she wrote a number of other shows, and I guess... In her function as a Nickelodeon person, she was involved with a show that interviewed young adult authors, and she was inspired by, you know, um, perhaps the greatness of some of those books and perhaps the mediocrity of some of them, to um, to try her hand. And uh, and I guess I was reading somewhere that she did some, uh, she was doing some channel surfing and flipping directly from some like reality TV Kardashian excess to footage of the war in Iraq. Oh, wow. Um, like just, just that jump right. was, uh, reality versus reality. Yeah. If you, if will. you will. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, you have to imagine that she, the, that the entire sort of Katniss's introduction to the Capitol mirrors her experiences because Nickelodeon was like pre Disney channel making of these child stars. And so like the parading through the Capitol sort of. Excess and the grooming and the, the grooming, the the fact that all of it was fake, that it was all done for the cameras, mm -hmm. that the relationship between her and Peta at the beginning was completely fabricated. Um, all of that was so beautifully done. The, I loved the way that she commented on um, the people from the Capitol were dressed so outlandishly and mm -hmm. wore such strange clothing and spoke in this weird way uh -huh. that had this uptick at the uh -huh. end every time they said something. Uh -huh. And well, she even described their lips and how their mouths were, and you could just—it's like it's 1940s something uh, that is right, 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 right. Well, and and, and and that's you look around, yeah. And an alien being landing here would say the same thing about us. The weird things people do to their faces and what yes. they wear and right. what they choose makes no sense. Well, and I mean, and never mind an alien from outer space. I feel like someone from the Ozarks going to LA <laughs> right. would have the same yeah. experience, and I feel like that's like that's. Her journey, and uh, and it certainly struck me in the film, but even more so in the book, how the whole experience is is a to me. I mean, some people have suggested that it's a metaphor for high school psychology, um, mm -hmm. and I, and I feel like it's a young adultness. The marketing of the book is misleading in that respect because it seems more pervasive than that. And I agree. Yeah. The politics is very current, yeah, and class based, right, and. Um, you know, dividing people by setting them against each other rather than revealing the true enemy. Right. I mean, I mean, it's yeah. like our political system. Or Indeed. And, in, and the mechanics of showbiz and, the, and yeah. you know, and the fact that, you know, I mean, the people that we see in our screens are not, you know, literally, usually, you know, pitted against each other in physical battle, but 
you know, you have to get a certain number of Google hits to exist in this Shark Tank. If you are committing to the showbiz life, if you've been, like, groomed for nothing else, I mean, you have some kids who, even though it's illegal or frowned upon because everyone is supposed to be this explosion of natural talent by the time we're paying attention to them, but they've been trained by stage mothers from birth. There are kids like that. There are kids who just fall ass backwards into this. You know, that... Um, yeah, who are some of the biggest stars today? You know, Justin Timberlake. Uh-huh. The guy that says, hey, girl. Who's uh, that guy? Right. Oh, uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan yes. Gosling. <laughs> They're Disney babies. He was a Disney baby, too. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was, so they'd be, like, one of the districts who were, like, from one of the districts that the are closer to the, to the... Yeah, the careers, yeah. Oh, exactly. um, that are closer to the capital. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yes. What I'm astounded by uh-huh. is that that process that you described, that mm. she was an episode... You know, right, she was a writer for... Um, Nickelodeon for uh, Clarissa explains it all, mm-hmm. and uh, that she happened to be reading, uh, you know, uh, doing interviews with young adult writers, yeah, and adult uh, writers, yeah, writers of young adult literature, yes, and um, and then watching flipping through, and what comes out is what Christy I think really accurately described is as classic science fiction. This isn't mm. a young adult book. Oh. Um, it's it is. In, in like you said, the, the parallels with high school are super great. The fact that it's from a um, sixteen-year-old's point of view, right. that sort of thing. Right. But it has it has so much of the great. It, it's it's a classic um, science fiction um, elements to it. It's, you know, I, I I completely agree that it's it's this you know in this mode of this classic piece of science fiction with this you know concept about the future or a comment on our present day played out in all directions at once. But young adult in the sense that it doesn't get overtly philosophical. It stays inside her head and stays with the action. And we just like read the metaphor in you know in in like in in what's happening. We have like luxury of doing it, but we're not. Like shoved. Yeah, it doesn't in, spend a lot of time talking about the politics. Right. It just kind of shows what is. Yeah. And then moves on. Well, we hit the ground running. We're inside her head, and she's, you know, there is a bit of her explaining things to us. Like, who, you know, because that's like a, you know, question. But like you, I said, seriously, right. look, uh, the first 15 pages yeah. do everything. Right. The very world well. building is yeah. very sparse and it's very uh-huh. intense. And, yeah. it's, and it's told through the personal narrative of Katniss. Right. And I feel like that's. I have read books. Recently, notably the bone season that take mm. sixty pages to tell you who they are, what's going, and who, it's, who, and it's what, still where, why, when, and it's still vague. Yeah. Yeah, you still don't, this you can't is, picture it. It's very visceral. It's yeah. like you know, my there's loss. I'm starving. I have to. You know, there, there's it's very body centric. Right. Means you feel things. Something that uh, that just I can't get out of my head is when the mutations come at them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and in the film, they're sort of, they're like Ghostbusters dogs, and oh, that's scary, one more challenge that they have to pass. Right. And it's definitely secondary to like the turmoil and the complexity of what they're going through interpersonally, but the fact that in the book, they are extrapolated from the genetic material of the kids who've been murdered. And they and she can see it in their eyes. Yes, yes. And there's like people, I think Thrush is one of them, right? Yeah. Rue's companion. Right. Not Fanny, but from her district. Right, right. And it's just, and, and she's heartbroken to have yeah. to do that. Yeah. She knows this guy. And she sees Rue. She sees the, you know, the dog that oh, is Rue. And oh. yes, and this is, it's a terrifying concept. It's absolutely yeah. harrowing. And Well, and throughout the series, and not to jump ahead too far, the um, what's happening now in the Hunger, in the Hunger Games and in the, the subsequent volumes it's like an echo of the war that happened. There's not enough resources to go around, literally. There's enough to support the excess of this one sort of core culture mm-hmm. who and remains the, in power. And then and not- the extra that they give to their pet districts of one and two. Right, uh, right. Who kind of have more. But right. but when it the the war itself and the 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 psychology of the war itself and how brutal it was and the way that through the games they use the the psychological weapons of the war itself, like the Mockingjay, like the, you know, to, to skip ahead, like to the, the Mockingjay who they, were, they torture their families and these birds are genetically created to repeat in perfect cadence and tone the, the death screams of their tortured families yeah. and then they send them into the field. Yeah, yeah that's it's, in the next book, the... Uh-huh. the um, uh, catching fire. It's right. just brutal. It's um, brutal. You know, I mean, there's the showbiz aspect, but 
um, you know, Olympic games, sports in general. I, you know, I, I feel like it condenses all these different ways in which society allows us the illusion of agency in the mechanics of history. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're, you know, like all these decisions are being made you know, for these cruel, sadistic, or purely, you know, inhumanly efficient reasons and representatives, the most beautiful of us, the most uh, focused, the most, you know, disciplined, the, um, or, you know, again, sometimes just by chance, we get to have someone up there, oh, I'm just like that one, I'm just, or that one is from my hometown, so, you know, they're sort of like me, and, um, like, history hinges on what they're doing. Um, and so that makes me important by association, um, except that it really doesn't because everyone is, uh, is just slaving away while the, you know, while the capital maintains this, uh, this Oh, it's so, it's so true to life. Quo. It's yeah. so realistic in terms yeah. of flip the politics of it. Yeah. It's, it's not the first book to have a reality show. The Running Man as, as a, as a fictional, mm-hmm. and was Fahrenheit 451 that as well? Um, um, oh, yeah, there, there was an aspect race. where it, there was, uh, yeah, this muted kind of, like, interactivity with the shows yeah. where yeah, this is it. the week when the people in the show will address Brenda. Everyone named Brenda yeah. is, you know, is there, room in the, is there room in the guest house, Brenda? We have too many visitors. Where shall we put them, Brenda? Yeah, but it's, it, there's a reason that that <laughs> works, and now more than ever, because uh-huh. everything is purported to be a reality show, uh-huh. when, you know, we all know how those are produced. And right, right. Well, and it remind, in rereading the book, Peta's mother, for some reason, Peta's mother, shooing her away from the garbage can. Yeah, me too, it totally jumped out at me. It totally, and it reminded me of, like, it reminded me of the poorest states in the country who relied the most on public assistance, refusing Medicaid and trying to kick old people off food stamps. It's yeah. like that same... Yeah. Right. It's that well, same mentality. But, but and also... The, poor, the poorest citizens in this country mm-hmm. uh, voting for people and voting in favor of legislation that are to their disadvantage because they will... Um, the people that they elect will right. defund Medicaid and... Uh, and uh, but at the services same... For them. But at the same time, in this model, um, I mean, okay, uh, Peter's parents are bakers, and so, like Katniss, we assume that they, you know, can, they get to eat as much as they want. They only get to eat the stuff that no one's going to buy. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, Rue, in her district, you know, they, they don't, no one gets to partake of what they make, mm-hmm. of what their district makes. Like, the whole world is a sweatshop. Yeah, yeah. they don't get the coal in District right. 12. Yeah. They're, all, they're freezing all the time. Yeah. Right. They need oil imported from another district. Yeah. Right, right, that. right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so it doesn't make it right, but you can, you know, it, it's not like... The cobbler's children yeah. have no food. <laughs> yes! What are <laughs> the contradictions? Oh, the brutal yeah. irony of And it. then, it, you know, the, the, the poor are pitted against the desperate, and the poor are like upper middle class in the poorest districts right. uh-huh. in, in this world, and they are, you know... Filthy scene, kids. Yeah. Coming here, yeah. digging for our garbage. Yeah, don't right. dig through our garbage. What? Right. Don't <laughs> dig through my garbage. Right. Yeah, making it messy. She, um, I noticed her so much more this time mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. Um, particularly as they're they're getting ready to go into the games and they have their last little fight before they get out there, and mm-hmm. um, and she goes, he's, I don't know, something about. I'd, he's, she said, I'd rather be back in District 12 now. And he's like, I'm sure you will be. And mm. she's like, I'll say hi to your mother for you. Nice. Like, yeah. Ah! Wow. When you're dead. <laughs> when I kill you. Yeah. Because she's such a bitch to me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. and we, he, we've we we've talked about this in, in the Bone Season uh, episode. Mm-hmm. But the, the dystopian novel. And I don't know if if this is... A, that that children's tastes are actually becoming more jaded like if 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 the if today's teenagers are more tolerant of this kind of material I or read some pretty marketing. violent horrible stuff yeah. as a teenager yeah. I wasn't supposed to read maybe but, but in particular not the violence but the the 
the fears that it addresses. So, for example, Katniss's mother. Like, it used to be the trope was that, that you were an right, orphan, that, right, right. that the protagonist was an orphan. And now the protagonist's parents are alive and completely useless. They're, right. they, they're abandoned children by living parents. Yeah, because the mother refused to take descends into it an un- insurmountable depression because right. her father is killed in an explosion in the mine. Yeah. And then she, she can't depend on her mother and she's angry at her mother and those are complicated feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you're united in victimhood with the people that in like a, you know, a more innocent paradigm per se would be, you know, they'd be a refuge from mm-hmm. the way things are mm-hmm. or they'd be, you know, like... Like, you know, basically parents are there to train you to just keep your head down. Yeah, for me, I mean, I don't I don't find the violence striking. I think that, that violence is so pervasive in the media that that we consume, and we're so used to seeing it that, for me, that was not striking in any way. Like, this does not hold a candle to the Japanese film that this was often compared to. Oh, Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Yeah. Which, ba- Battle Royale was just infused with a sense of murderous glee that this was not. Well, but I I think that's a cultural thing, though, Mm because, I I mean, extreme violence, you know, and, you know, uh, and sexual violence, you know, is, is, you know, I mean, those things are much closer to the surface in Japanese art and media, but... But I, I mean, it, but no. It, in fact, our protagonists are, are reluctant. I mean, Peter says, "I'm going to emerge with myself intact, even though right. I'm going to die. I'm not going to go be turned into this killing machine." But that, but we're getting flashes of you know, and we trust her that she's going to be struggling with her humanity. But we're getting flashes like, "Okay, how did Hamish win?" And there's that one. I'm also you, noticing all that kind of stuff, though. Yeah. How clever Collins was. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had this whole thing done before she wrote this book. You could tell that she had a lot of the elements also already that in she place. Worked out the history. Well, that yeah. didn't. Yeah. Well, that didn't yeah. come into play till the second and third books uh-huh. about Hamish. Sure. Having all these political, as, you know, uh-huh. astuteness, right. and he's super pissed at the capital, and he's drunk all the time because he's just in despair about the whole entire yeah. state of the world. Right. And. Right. You don't get that in this first book. Yeah. It, there's little tiny hints, though, right, that now right, right. I can pick up on because I've seen sure. the rest of it. Well, the way that he sort of snaps to attention when he realizes that he has some contenders yeah, here. Yeah, that too. I mean, you that know, too. And, uh, you know, because he's had to be a custodian. He's just feeding, like, children to that a wheat thresher. Yeah. And this is his privilege, having won. Yeah. So the guilt of having won and then the guilt of, like, this being his function... Well, I think you brought up an interesting point, which is yes. that at the core, Katniss is not... She's not a good person. <laughs> no, How she, do you mean? I mean, I think she's not she, nice. She's not nice. She is not sympathetic. She is suspicious of Peta from the get-go. Yeah, says says, oh, he's just gonna he's trying to kill me, and then he's she's he's trying to get under my skin. The, right. He just said that because he's trying to disarm me. Yeah, and she's suspicious completely. Well, well at the be- at the opening of the book, Katniss is a survivor. That is right. what she does. That is all she does. She had to feed her mother and her sister from the time that she was 11 years old. And then she keeps taking extra tesserae, which put her in more slips of her in, mm-hmm. in her of her name in the and glass bowl. And she's so year. resigned yeah. to it. She's so resigned yeah. to it and it's has no desire to be a symbol. Has no desire to yeah. be anyone that people rally around. And then it's in those moments where Katniss just says fuck it, and brats off. Yeah. Those are the moments mm. that, that drive her forward on this arc of being this revolutionary symbol. Right. It's well, not an intent, like, she never intends to become Which is exactly what, what Sina, Sina encourages her to do that during the mm. interview. Be herself, Because yeah. they couldn't figure out how they were going to present her. Is what, she how are we going to market you? And, right. Yeah. There was no way, and right. he knew that, that, that her real self was what was going to drive her, because he could see it, as we know from the second... But he is a revolutionary too, mm-hmm. and and yes. and and he knows that what she's what she is going to say is actually going to make the difference. Um, but you know, but she is like relatively nice because, like with you know, with with showbiz, perhaps. I mean, the people, you know, the people who want to represent us, the people who want to be rallied around, are sociopaths. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. I mean, there are wonderful, famous people in the world, but. Like, in this context where it's life or death and, you know, I mean, like those kids who've been trained, you know, Cato and those kids, they're, they're monsters. And she's nice in that she... She's not a monster. Yeah. She, you yeah. know, she would really like to get out of this. No, with, we do. It's, it's true. Yeah. On the surface, she's a brat. And, oh. she, and, and, yeah, she's a survivor and she doesn't think about a lot of other people all the time. But, but we totally root for her. And so I think she does have this deep goodness and this deep... Um, 
kind side of humanity right. that we all want to be like and want to support and rally around. I think she has just this incredible frustration in in facing the situation that she finds herself in. Mm-hmm. And her journey is her journey is so interesting because she is, you know, she starts out wanting to win. And then she she sort of sort of she, I mean she actually didn't until Prim said win for me. Promise me you'll try to win. And then, then she says, okay, I'll promise to try to win. Because at that point, she's just... Well, I, but I, I feel an important aspect of her journey is that, like, for a big chunk of her, of her journey, she, I mean, she's like, okay, my behavior here, you know, never mind me getting killed, how, like, how I conduct myself is going to affect how Prim my and my mother are treated. Are affected, yeah. But then the right. district in general, and, and uh, Gail, is that the boyfriend? Gail. Yeah. Yes. And not, not boyfriend. Right. Well, this yes. This is the whole of thing we will Well, that's the triangle when it, yes, mm. when it comes. But, um, mm. but when she, uh, when Rue, when she's looking after Rue, mm-hmm. and at first Rue is obviously a Prim, you know, surrogate. Yes. And, uh, but... She gets to this point where she realizes that uh, the that the baker, that Peter's father, is going to look after her family. That Gail is going to look after her family. That Prim is going to be okay. That she's in trouble, and this girl is in trouble. And she's she's not. I mean, I you know I feel like that. I you know I need to survive this. Like that, Lou gives her a like a reason, a reason to start to fighting. Yeah, and she sees a hundred thousand kids like Rue all the way through the district starving and mm-hmm. being sacrificed to this rampant vengeance death machine and mm-hmm. you know and I think that for the first time you see her acting with compassion and that in itself becomes a rallying point yeah 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 that you know that that's like a rare thing in these games and and again I, I just I love the little tidbits of the like the, the way that like there are those kids who are like trained for it but it's not a given. Those aren't the kids who always win. Mm-hmm. And then there's right. the kid who unexpectedly flips out and is eating everyone's hearts. <laughs> and they they get rid of him because they can't have a lunatic win the, win the, win games. the games. Yeah, totally cool. And yeah, interesting. yeah, right. I want to. It's like yeah, yeah, there were challenges to them before right. Katniss Everdeen came along right. and screwed the whole system. Well, and the psychology of her sort of because she is not. I mean, I don't. She's not in the Hunger Games. She's not just in the Hunger Games. Right. She's in this battle of wills with President Snow, yeah. who is like the only thing he tells her is, "Don't, don't cause a revolution." Oh, then or the everyone one. you love well, will yeah. die. In the That's, second yes, one, yes, yeah, that, yeah. You know, don't they, cause a revolution because she, she um, it's she doesn't think about causing a revolution till that moment when it's like, oh well, we're both going to die then. Fuck them. Um. And uh, with the berries and all that right. at the end, at the very end of the, of the game, yeah, to defy um, the game. And and yeah. it, for her, it wasn't. It didn't seem as though that was a conscious revolutionary act on her part. But she is an unwilling revolutionary. Well, from I mean, the beginning. They, they they took away. They kept like giving her like reasons, like you know, okay, I'll oh, all right, I'll team up with Peta. Oh, we can both make it, you know. And right. it becomes, I'll be able to keep Peta. You know, that becomes part of the romance story. That's partly true, partly Kinda. not true, sort of. But but it's really that this could you know be just not just a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. And you know, and it, and again, it, it's uh, the idea of kids being jaded now or like the like the violence in young adult literature i mean you know i think i mean these these books anything that strikes a chord with a particular generation is just like reaching their need to make sense of a confusing world that they live in and i have to say i totally agree with you christy it's not so much the violence as the you know violence in real life for a kid um, I don't think is as pervasive as those other things, like a parent who is abusive or mentally ill, mm-hmm. or a political system that gives them little to no chance. Right. And while a kid may not really understand those things, they really do affect their life more than yeah. actual violence. Right. Like the violence is the cartoony thing, but those things are real. Well, and that what's thrilling is a young adult book that is telling teenagers that the system is not just ambivalent. The system is not just. It, it, it's not just that it doesn't care whether yeah, you live or die. It's not just not good. You it's are fueled. Evil. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the, or it's just hungry. I mean, it, you know, yeah. it, it just it's cruel. It you know, and and like in the way that I mean, there's no there's well, no Hogwarts. True. These like, real these reality. <laughs> you know, like, like in a Harry there Potter is, universe, there's a Vol- yeah. there's a Voldemort. Yeah. But there's, there's no authority Dumbledore. structure that's going to offer you yeah. refuge. Or well, the, you get to be in Hogwarts for a week, and then we're going to rip your parts off. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Well, in Hogwarts, we're going to teach you how to be a more attractive, like slaughtered. Um, you know, yeah. It has this political dimension. It is talking about the times that we live in. But there were moments when she is looking outside the cave where she's been cowering with Peta, and she sees the moon, and she can't be sure if it's a real moon yeah. or if it is is a moon provided by the game makers. Yeah. There seemed to be something so resonantly spiritual about that yeah. that, like, that for all intents and purposes, in this arena. She's living in a hostile simulation. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that feeling that we all have in our worst moments where the very engines of creation are turned against us. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I feel like that if, if it was more quote unquote adult in, in the sense that it was, um, going into these themes or, or illustrating or describing these dimensions, yeah, 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 then it would be that this is a, Science fiction book about politics. This is, you know, but it's but, more. It's different. Yeah, that yeah. the fact that it we're just paying attention to what is happening right now because we're inside the head and body of this girl going through this story. Mm-hmm. It makes it it makes it like myth, and it can mean any number of things. But um, I remembered yes. what I was going to say. Go ahead. You were talking about authority being not just a a neutral force that isn't doing you any good, but that you are fuel for its. Mm. And, and, you know, one of the huge dimensions of that is this reality thing mm-hmm. where, um, you know, reality TV wouldn't be a big thing unless so many people were into it, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And they are. Right. And people, they get, it gets the highest ratings and people love it and they watch it and they act as though they believe that this overproduced bullshit uh-huh. is actually really happening. Right. And whether or not they really think that, they act like they think that. Uh-huh. And that's um, and that is so much that that the reality show part of this whole dealio uh-huh. is such a significant right. angle of the book. It's compulsory. Like uh-huh. the television is compulsory. Yeah, they, they have, have to, to watch. watch. You cannot look away. Right. Yeah. Well, it's the only time the power is on. Right. Too, you know, too. it's interesting. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like something in the book. I don't think it was in the film. Um, the, uh, the servant, um, who, the Avox, the Avox oh, who has had her tongue removed, yes. who, uh, who Katniss, like, like witnessed, she was someone from the capital, oh, her and her escape. lover. Yep. Uh, I think it's interesting that the, uh, the movie doesn't contain that because I feel like that. It's too much. Well, there's so many subplots. Well, That's the hard but thing. It, but, but it's yeah. not just an extra like layer yeah. of plot. You could, yeah. I feel like you could have signified it, but that someone in the capital. Well, that like because it, it maintains this idea. Why would anyone right. like want to run away from the capital? That's yeah. like a, that's because uh, everyone else is, you know, would like to have that luxury to be able to eat lamb stew all the time. That's wonderful. Why would anyone from the capital rebel? It's obvious that, you know, you want to keep all these people hungry because they're dissatisfied. You want to deprive them because they'll rise up because they want what you have. But what if you have everything? There's still something wrong. Right. You know? And uh, and, I, and, it's, and it seems, reading it, that it, it, seemed, to, uh, it seemed to make... Make a disturbing point about the thing that a movie doesn't want to say. Oh, that's you know? interesting. And if we're if we're going to accept that showbiz metaphor, this you know dramatization is a creation of showbiz, and we can't suggest. That, I don't know that I take it that far, just because uh, it's so it's so <laughs> essential to uh-huh. the to the workings of the of the book mm-hmm. that the reality TV thing is horrible and evil. Right. You know that. So the showbiz aspect of it, I just don't know that they're trying to hold that up in any way. That uh-huh. feels to me just a little bit like a subplot that they just had to uh-huh. had to let by. It's a, it's the, this, there's this Avox, a girl who ran away from the Capitol with her boyfriend that comes to bigger. There's a bigger mm-hmm. um, plot with them in the second book. Right, but, and I um, think yeah. I to me, it seemed like they cut it out because it, it was really heavy foreshadowing for the District 13. Mm-hmm. Sort oh, because they were running through District uh, 12. Right. Where would they be going? Where were they right, trying right, to get right, to? Right. Ah, yeah. Don't yeah. want to spoil the... Uh, 
Julia. Like that there's something else out there. Right. Yeah. But that's the big reveal for the second book. Right. And the third. Hmm. Um, yes. So, uh. So the love triangle. The love the triangle. Let's, love. let's talk oh about the love Oh my God, the it, love triangle. Okay, let me first say it feels totally manufactured to me. It's like they have to make her have a boyfriend. How are they going to do that? Um, uh, you know, let's manufacture this love triangle. To me, it just felt very manufactured to put her in a place where she had to choose between two boys. It, right. I, it pissed me off. Well, to me, I, I feel like um, honoring that trope for me, made the ways in which this um, this story slashes and pisses all over tropes. It brought that stuff into high relief. Hmm. If there was nothing in the mix that I recognized from other young adult stories, the kind of like subversive like perversity of of, of this world that she made. I, I feel like it wouldn't have like jumped out. It, it would be closer. I feel like there were choices that were made that kept it in this young adult zone, but you have all this adult content, all this adult, brutal science fiction content that, you know, that I, to me, that was part of the protein coating. It was okay with me that there was this triangle and I wasn't convinced by it, but at the same time, I'm in the head of a 16 year old girl and you know, those, those you're not going to get everything. No. Yeah. Right. Well, and I mean, Katniss is not swoony at any point. She clearly is in love with Gail in the beginning of the book, and that is just not an option. Like, it, she she actively recognizes, especially in the context of the games, when she's in, that that is just not something that she's going to be allowed to pursue. And they have these stolen moments, and they're not overblown. They're very, you know, they both are, they come together because they both have a need to, to support their families, and so they... They hunt together and they they sort of navigate the underworld of the black markets of District Twelve. Well, they're together. also just super simpatico. Mm-hmm. He understands her. He gets her to smile. Whereas right. brat that she is, she doesn't normally do. Mm-hmm. And Peta, you know, she has not spoken to Peta. But when they are when they are drafted, they have not spoken. And there's this one incident where he's shown her compassion and which throwing bread huge, to her. Which is a huge... I forgot how big it was. Again, mm-hmm. rereading this was really great for me. I'm, I'm having a really good time. Um, in, in it, it was at her lowest moment. Mm-hmm. Um, she hadn't yet, yet started going out, going out into the forest. She, um, you know, they had for three days been subsisting on boiled water with dried mint that she found in the back of the cupboard. Mm-hmm. And she was deciding, maybe I will just end it all, or, you know, maybe it would be great to die. Mm-hmm. And... And that, and she, you know, that it's at that moment that he gets, he gives her that bread. And the next day at school, and then she sees the dandelion yeah. growing, in, growing in the in the schoolyard. When she sees him, she sees the dandelion. So he, he is a really potent symbol of her coming back to life and being able to support her family. The, the, the her object correlative of uh, if, if yes, one if one must be her relationship with PETA is a tool. It is a tool right up until she thinks that she's going to die, and then she indulges just a little bit, but mostly for effect to well, get. Yeah, because she I assumes guess, you know that what? he's doing that. My, I don't think it's it's her nature to be playing that way. But to me, it was like this cool microcosm for the class issues throughout. Because in District Twelve, he's of a higher class than right, her, right. and she has all these assumptions about you know about like who he is and what his objectives are. And in the same way that there are going, you can see these people surfacing already in in this first book who are who are in the capital who are dissatisfied who are i mean you know sinna or you know this soulmate this you know fashion designer who you know he's he's making her famous with these challenging provocative like fashion choices but he you know he's been around the block a few times and he he knows he's you know he's he's getting himself he's he's creating all kinds of trouble yeah, you know? and yeah which we I, see in the second book obviously um, I'm dying to find out. I'm not sure what happens. I don't know what happens. But. Um, it's it's, uh, and you know what? I have to say a bit of my curmudgeonliness about this whole issue is because of how it extends throughout, especially the second book. Mm-hmm. I really, um, I'll, I'll I'll give a big spoiler and say there is a resolution. To what? 
this whole love triangle. Oh, of course. As there always is. Yeah. Either everyone dies or somebody dies or somebody goes off mm-hmm. or two people get together or two people don't get together or both boys or things, are gay. Right. Mm-hmm. Things but just become clear. Things yeah. become clear. So there is a resolution that I appreciate it. Right. Well, and, but I, I like... It was It but, was actually... I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but right. I just need to finish. It is evident in this first book what that resolution is going to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although so subtly that there's no way I could have um, carried that out on my own. Right. So I really appreciate that. Right. So let me, let me put that... Well, without being conscious of the resolution, but just with, like, the taste I've had of, of the struggle and the actual problem, I it the aspect of it that felt real to me was, um, you know, she might have initially been more of a natural mate or felt more of a natural affinity for this boy who who hunts and who is of her mm-hmm. class, yes. And uh but um he will never know what she experienced. She he she Good is point. not like anyone else. Don't give it away, Christine. <laughs> anything can happen. Uh indeed, yes, yes. And I'm ready for anything to happen. This book consistently surprised mm-hmm. me. But And um, I do I pre the, the resolution is complex and interesting. Right. Well it, it's like and again with again my, my precious showbiz metaphor, like why these these people like mate with e- each other. These super famous people, mm-hmm. you know, more often than not. Mm-hmm. And part of that seems to be a publicity construct. But you can also understand like n- no one can. It's, you you can't. It's a yeah, different bonding frequency. Bonding under pressure. Of yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like bonding through adversity. Is the Britney word. Spears, right. Justin Timberlake, so much. And like, you see how well that right. worked Justin out. Bieber, Selena Gomez thing. Like uh, right. And they're going to pair them lives. up and then Can shove them out. to the wall. <laughs> Off yeah. you go. Off you go, go. Then enjoy. Yes. And, uh, and Try to die in an interesting way. Yeah, the ending of uh, of, of Hunger Games. Yes, satisfying. Um, okay, I've I've already mentioned the dogs, the mutations. Mm-hmm. How deeply that chilled me, and how like gloriously upsetting I thought that was. Also, um, uh, the lengthy, agonizing slaughter of uh, of Cato. Um, by oh, the dogs. It was, in the, the film, it was it was you know ten minutes, and then the mercy shot. Yeah, you know, the not revenge. Even... You don't need to the all that revenge anyway. So oh, what were you yeah, no, say no, no. It was, to me, it wasn't a revenge thing. I, I just I loved that. Um, like people, you know, uh, all all the deaths were upsetting. You know, yes. like Cato throughout, I felt is bandied about, and he sort of is this for a time when he's running with the, with the gang of them. But he's bandied about as the kind of alpha jock psycho who is going to be their principal enemy. It's all kind of like building up. I, I I felt like to this, you know, to this confrontation with him, um, and and there is some tussling, but I felt like the the climax with him was them, like, huddled like animals with Peta bleeding to death on top of this cornucopia, this horn of plenty. Yeah. Well, he's getting ripped apart by the genetically warped corpses of um, of all of their victims. Of, and mostly his comrades are yeah. probably the ones who made it that far. Right, right. Who he would have butchered anyway, right. you know. And... Uh, and the, and the fact that they're listening, they're waiting for him to die. They can't go home until he's dead, and they're just and they're listening, and they can hear him moaning. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, just it's really long and drawn out, isn't it? Yes. It's a little yucky. It sort of takes it sort of instead of um, showing the violence and horribleness of this whole thing for what it is, uh, it kind of makes us complicit in it, doesn't it? Well, as you're reading that or trying yeah. to. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like in a, in a good way because I, I feel like the dirty thing would have been to have this kung fu Clean. fight where, oh. closer to the way the film is. Yeah. Where it's this, you know, like showdown and uh, and then, okay, well, we got rid of the really bad one and now, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, so, I, so I, I, I like that, that it's, you know, this, oh, here's your big victory. And uh, and then yeah, and the uh, the berries, beautiful. The berries. I think again, it was almost more unconscious than anything else. Another um, a manifestation of her um, being an, a reluctant revolutionary symbol. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that she, for her, it was survival instinct. Yeah. Her humanity would not let her go on and be the one to win. Right. And so she just saw it as the only option. See, and I saw that as just. Uh, a moment of utter frustration and she had such anger and contempt for yeah. them that that in her mind it was like it's an better instinct to do like this I one. will 
you can't have us. Yeah. Well, you can't have us. You yeah. can't have one of us. And that right. the, the huntress is, I mean, she's using, like, these berries. She's using these berries that, like, no one else would, you know, would, would be able to identify. Mm-hmm. That, you know, someone... They killed somebody would, already. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that these berries are, like, the symbolic device through which she's going to say, I'd, I'd rather be dead than play your game. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. But that, even in and of itself... Nothing within the game is unintentional. It's a completely manufactured environment. Uh-huh. Right. So those are there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, right. But she has seized the, the, the means of torture, as it were, and she's bending it to her own purposes. Right, they the were there for a reason, effect. but not for that reason. Yeah. Like, they never imagined that they would be put to that use. Yeah, well, you know, and that, but, and that's another thing that, um, that I, I feel like the film loses, being trapped with Katniss and not seeing behind the screen. You know, like, in the film, we keep cutting to the Capitol. We see, you know, Hamish scheming. We see yeah. the game makers working stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and I was so happy to not have that in, this, in, in the book because, it, again, it plays up that, you know, struggling, like young people in this kill-or-be-killed situation in a profoundly mysterious world that seems to be rigged to kill them. Well, and there's no weakness whatsoever seen in the whole capital thing. Yeah. Beyond when she shoots the apple out of the pig's mouth. Uh-huh. It's like the only time anyone has ever, you know, the, the very slightest bit of threat right. is, is right. whiffed by those people. Yeah. You just feel like they can do anything. And they're completely in control. Yeah. The, the the second book and the film that was based upon it was really satisfying for me in that respect because uh-huh. um, it flipped the. Uh-huh. I, I agree with you. Maybe having filmed this one completely from her perspective, yeah, might have been cooler then. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, every treatment. Well, and where it yeah. leaves us, yes, sort of like they've established the the enmity between President Snow and Katniss. They've mm-hmm. established that that he has expectations of her to fix what she has quote unquote started right. through her performance her, in the and game. And her fear for her family is back. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that you know that PETA you know had had assumed that her feelings were true. That uh, mm-hmm. you know that this was never performance for him and that, you know, he, you know, was using it, you know, but in the same way that she's, she was using her inability to be anyone but herself. Right. You know. It's like a, that's like a double revelation and was yeah. really, um, I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. Both of them coming to that realization that the other was, you know. Uh, yeah. Right. How they really felt. Yeah. Yeah. And all of her, all of her assumptions. I, I like, I like that she's, she's always wrong. You know, as yeah. forthright and as pure as she is, the reveals in this book come from all the assumptions that she makes, and she's always wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, except in what she does, in in her projections or speculations about people's motives, mm-hmm. she's always wrong. But her actions are pure. And uh, so, um, yes, a rousing book. I think we've had a lovely conversation about it. Me too. Um, it's been fun. Yes, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to revisit it. Also, so thank you for that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, and given being handed this to uh, to tackle, it was exciting for me too because I loved the film, but the book is a whole other kit and caboodle. Which is so often the case, of course. Oh no, of course, of course, really, yes, totally. But but I, I'm thankful for the existence of the film so that I could, um, whilst reading it, I could be wearing uh, Jennifer's skin. Although, you know what, I yeah. pictured Hamish as totally different than Woody Harrelson. I think Woody Harrelson's portrayal was interesting and fun to watch. It was. But for me, he was older, he was paunchier, he was... You know, the thing is, I, I, I think um, Woody Harrelson, a la Natural Born Killers or Rampart or something, mm-hmm. like like a, a recent film, Rampart, where he's a haggard, you know, like, yeah. it was his haircut that, uh, that ruined or it for Or lack me. thereof. Or lack thereof, precisely. Yeah. Well, um, and I thought the, that is an interesting sort of angle that I... The men in this book and the film series, it is a whole different take on guys that you would than you would find in. I mean, in most of the, uh, she's a great heroine. She's a great heroine. She heroine, heroine, whatever. Very different from most female protagonists in books or movies. But also the the things that the guys are prized for in these books is really interesting and kind of flips 
a lot of stereotypes. Peta is like his his profound like love for her and tenderness and his tenderness and, and ability to like talk to people and charm them and his uh, his makeup skills and his makeup skills right? yeah. to protect her by by being able to hide her right and, and which he has a natural aptitude for because of his work with frosting right, right? <laughs> and Cinna who like <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It coincides a revolution through fashion. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And yeah, I mean the the men in this it was brilliant series. and so brave. I really, and at and times so I pictured them forward. as Bjork and Alexander McQueen. <gasps> yeah, we're, we're all I tremble here at BCO headquarters. Yes. Oh, oh, the very the very satellite itself <laughs> is trembling. I fear that it will plummet and catch fire in the stratosphere. Speaking of catching fire. Ah, oh. yes, um, yes. We'll be back uh, real soon on uh, on BCO in some configuration to tackle the uh, the sequel, and from thence we'll bring it on back home for uh, for Mockingjay, I suspect. But uh, I want to thank uh, Pachanowski and Christy Gray Lovato for uh, uh, taking this ride. With and her. our host, of course, is Jason Squamata. Of course, of course. Uh, you can uh, contact me. You can friend me on Facebook. It's S Q U A M A T A, and you can uh, tweet me at. Uh, Squamatapod. Um, and uh, yes, uh, Christy? Uh, you can find me on Facebook as well under Christy Lovato. Don't look at me. <laughs> That's L O V A T O. And people have a really hard time finding me on Facebook, apparently. You put in Pat Janowski, and I just don't come up. Do you have some other vector through which people can um, You can you? try Facebook. You know, Portland, Oregon. J-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. I belong to a band called Bergeret. B-E-R-G-E-R-E-T-T-E. Mm. If you go to Bergeret. Dot com, I believe yes. you can find all kinds of things about about us. Oh, indeed, such and such loveliness. Inquire, go there, go there, please. Um, yes, and uh, thank you for joining us in the circle, book lovers. Let's uh, let's keep reading alive because we know and you know that uh, that. That's where the action is. All these other forms of media are perfectly lovely. But look, I've got a stack of paper here with ink blotches all over it. I study the ink blotches, and it, it, it's sheet music for a hallucination, a cascading psychedelic explosion. No matter what the book's about, that's what's happening in your brain, and that's special. And let's, uh, let's keep that alive in our ink. civilization. This is your brain on ink, people. Book circle. Um, stay in the circle. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to BookCircleOnline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at BookCircleOnline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle. <laughs>